Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> bon dia. Oh, that's so nice of you. It's actually a botard right now. Right Thank now, you it's so much. technically a botard. Earlier, we met somebody, and I said bon dia, and you said botard, and I looked at to my watch, fair, and I said, oh, it's a botard I, kind of day. I thought it was 2.30, which would have been squarely a botard. Yes. But... I it was I was wrong. It was one thirty, yes. which I feel like is in fuzzy territory. Yeah, we've heard that it's like maybe if you haven't had lunch yet. Yeah, that's still like the lunch hour. Just for those of you who are like maybe us a year ago and you wouldn't well two You're like, years what ago. What is this bondia botard? Bondia is good day, good morning. Right, kind of goes both ways. And botard is good afternoon. Typically, right. you do it after lunch. And so there's this fuzzy there's little a fuzzy switch time. time. There's a switch time. If you are a Portuguese and you have a hard and fast rule of when but you I throw think this out, is, I just think what? this is like we have these colloquial in the U.S. as well. That we would never be like, you know, it's just like a vibe. Yeah, you would just like, yeah. it, I mean, it could be like 3 p.m. You'd be like, oh, good morning. You'd be like, oh, crap. Like, I, where have I been all day? Yeah. You didn't even think about I've it. I've been trying to ride that and just be like, listen, whatever, it's not about doing the right or wrong thing. It's about like, what's the vibe? Yeah, like, I, is it an afternoon kind of vibe? I told someone today that I would see the next Tuesday and I just meant next Tuesday. So <laughs> That was actually very cute. That was fun. And she got it. Yeah, it was great. It's and also, fine. by the way, I want to commend you. I'm really proud of you for trying to, even if that was like not the correct thing to say. Yeah. We've both, I think, made a commitment to trying to practice our Portuguese. And I yeah. commend you for just throwing that phrase out there. Because that's a phrase we learned last week. And so you were trying to trying. like throw it out there. And I think that's great. Okay, well. Which actually gets us into the preamble. Let's do it. Let's get into the Portuguese preamble. So what have we been up to? Um, we've been living in Portugal. For those of you who don't know, maybe you're listening to this the first thing. We did. I just want to acknowledge this real quick. Sure. By the way, uh, for those of you, this is maybe your first episode you listened to in maybe a long time or a while or ever. We yeah. do like a little preamble at the beginning. Correct. It's a preamble. It's just a little chat about things. We live in Portugal now. We, we do. We traveled all of 2022. We chose to live in Portugal. This is our home now. We're going to live here for... At least two years, if not longer. At least two years, if not longer. Every time I kind of bring this question up to Caroline, the it changes. Sometimes it's like forever. It's because I could easily see us being here at least the five years until we do the citizenship test. Right. But that feels really scary to like say in like a public venue, although I just did that. But sometimes it's like one year, you know? Like, I don't know. I haven't said one year since we moved. Yeah. After about two weeks of living here... And when I, I gave myself a back door to be like, just a year, right, right, right. but then we got here and I really loved it. And I was just having a fully, I'm in love with Portugal day today. Oh, Let me nice. just tell you that. I was just like, I don't know. There's something magical about being here. Kind of how long have we been here now? Two and a half, three yeah. months, if you count yeah. since November. Yeah. And we've just hit that, like that past the honeymoon phase, but we're still in like the really good honeymoon phase, I totally. guess, where we're familiar enough where I feel like kind of comfortable, but I also feel still so in love with everything. Like the language is so beautiful and I love learning it and the, the sunshine and the weather. And like, we took a long drive today. We, we drove down to Lisbon and back, um, which we'll probably talk about, but the rolling hills and the valleys that you go through and the, the homes. And like, I just, I sound so silly, I know, but I just am very much having a romantic love affair with Portugal right now. Yeah, it's great. And I think this is the content that 
I would want to hear from someone else who moved from a place where like I currently live for all of our people who live in the U S and listen to this podcast to be like, yeah, but what's it like over there? Like I was, I was scared. I was really scared. I I was, I was bracing myself for this time period for me to just feel so isolated and so alone. And I think that's normal. If you are someone who moves to a new place and you don't know anyone, like I definitely think that is normal, but I just have been so surprised that, I haven't really felt that. And yeah. I think it's because I have you and it's like, we live in a neighborhood. So we have help and we, you know, yeah, we've, we've I, met friends. And truthfully, so. I think the life hack to moving to a different country is traveling for an extended period of True. time Before. to multiple different countries to get acclimated to change, constant change and constant change. Cause that's what life is in a different country. Like right. every, everything is different. Going to the gas station is different. Going yeah. to the pharmacy is different. Going to the grocery store Customs is different. Customs are different. Rules are different. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's all a bunch of different things. I will also say it is a huge acknowledgement to the people of Portugal that they speak English. And they're so, I know we say everyone is kind and yeah. they are people, people just find, all over the you world can find are kind. Not but kind I just, I'm just telling you, like, I just feel such a warmth from the, and I think it's embedded in the culture here, yeah. a warmth from the people. And they're just so, the, I, I mean, meaning Portuguese people are just so lovely yeah. and have made our lives easier. So anyway, so getting into some of the things that we kind of tackled last week. So uh, for those of you who've been paying attention for a couple episodes, we've been talking about this kind of car saga, if you will. So when we got here, we didn't want to immediately buy a car because we just didn't know, you know, what do we want to do? We looked into some long-term rental things. Caroline's yawning. She really gets tired of me talking about this car stuff. I just, I would like it to be known that this is why I specifically request recording episodes at 10 a.m. because it's when I'm a fresh what do you call it? Daisy? I'm a daisy. I'm a, springing out of bed. A fresh dollop of it daisy? It is. It is. It is tart. <laughs> it is 3.30. That's not the correct usage of that, just FYI. Anyway, um, so we've been renting from different rental companies and, and doing all these different things. And now we're at the place where we're like, okay, we're ready to buy. But the problem is that we don't have any Portuguese credit established. So we can't get approved for an auto loan easily like we could in the U.S. Like tomorrow we could walk into a bank in the U.S. and be like, we have an auto loan? And be like, yeah, here's an auto loan. Like have one. It's fine. Um, here it's very different. They're like, oh, like you don't exist in our system. So like, right. we can't give you any money. Right. You might we, just leave. You might just leave. You might just take it. So we're just trying to navigate that because we don't want to just pull from our savings money to buy a car. And But then on top of that, so then we had kind of resigned ourselves to trying to pay in cash. But then there's this other element of, well, if we do eventually want to buy a house, which if you listen to our 2023 episode, you know, it is a goal of ours to in the next few years buy a house. And now we're like, do we need credit in right. order to buy a house? We can't get a straight answer on if their their credit system is like the American credit system where you need yeah, proof like, that you like have. Like if we had an auto loan here and we were paying it monthly, that would help build credit. I mean, logically that makes sense, but like I literally can't even find an article that well, confirms that. Do you know that. what's so silly that I just realized as you were talking? Go ahead. If... If it's hard to get us an auto loan because we don't have credit. How are we going to get a home loan? Yeah. Because I think it's different just in the amount of money because we we have to save 30 to 40% for a down payment. Regardless. They, it just shows that you do have the finances to, to back it up. Because an auto loan is like just all of it basically. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. We anyway, don't know. We're, we're, Does it just, sound like we know what we're talking just, about? We don't. And, and these are the things that I think that like they can really derail someone from like moving to a country. But I will just tell you like it's not a big deal. Like Oh my gosh. It's not like the it, hardest part is that we have to drive to Lisbon every three weeks to swap a rental car. And now we don't yeah. even have to do that because we found a rental car company locally that they even dropped the car off at our place that we had no idea they were doing that. Which was very nice. Yeah. yeah I think it's also a realization if I was talking to myself on the on the past side of this decision, the person who is considering moving here and who was thinking of all the reasons why it would be too hard, too scary, all those things. 
my current self would now be talk to myself and I would be like, yeah, if you move back to the U.S. where you're more comfortable, you're still going to encounter these types of life challenges totally. all the time, right? Like you still have to like figure out insurance and call people about X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. And this, you got this thing in the mail and what's that? And like all the admin parts of life, yeah. you still have to do that in your home country. And yes, is it a little bit easier when you know the systems? Maybe, but any of us who have called an insurance hotline know that yeah. that's not a guarantee. Totally. So anyway, that's the update on the car stuff. So we've rented now another car. We'll have it for a couple of weeks and we're just kind of keeping our eye out for a good deal on the car that we are looking for. And then maybe we'll do some type of auto loan. Maybe we won't and we'll just end up buying it. We'll keep you posted. We would like to poopa. I don't know the correct usage of it, but I know that the word poopa is saved. Poopa Maish is the program at our grocery store where we save more, <laughs> which is poopa Maish. grocery store, it's called poopa Maish, and yeah. it's so great. So we're trying to poopa. Poopa. Uh, our first Portuguese language lesson was <laughs> last week. We met with Anna, who I just, was absolutely lovely. <laughs> and if it sounds like we didn't learn anything, it's because <laughs> we it wasn't a lesson. It was just a meet and greet yeah. to make sure that we got along. And she did still teach us some things, which... <laughs> I'm not going to just dazzle you right now with all the new things okay. we learned. But I wanted to say that um, I just, it, it couldn't have worked out more perfectly. The person that we found, she's so wonderful. And mm -hmm. I'm very, I have learning the language and learning Portuguese. I can't even tell you like how much value and happiness I get out of that process. And I'm still at the very beginning of it. But I think when I was like a kid, I always had this romantic notion of wanting to be a person who knew more than one language. Plus, I just there are some people I think that just like languages like I just yeah. love languages. And so now that I get to be this person, I've, I've tried before, like I took Italian in college. I took I've tried different apps and things and nothing has really ever stuck. And I think it's because I didn't have a need, a need yeah. or a motivation great enough. And when you move to a place, that motivation is so tangible. Yeah. So it's like in my free time, I want desperately to learn. I, I practice so much more because it's going to literally help me when I go talk to the person next door, you know? Yeah. And so I just, I was thinking that today I was on our drive. I was like, man, it's just this element of my life that I didn't know brought me so much happiness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that'll, that'll happen actually today is our first lesson after recording this where, so you got to muster up, you got to dollop a daisy, more energy for, uh, for but some I language But I think something learning. about maybe being like a little bit like fuzzy is good for lear language learning okay. because you don't try it. You're you don't overthink so it. Yeah. yeah. You just sort of like let it fl fly. So yeah, we, uh, we did that. And then also, uh, my college roommate was in town because they come to visit Portugal every once in a while. They live in Germany. And so we met them at a little beach restaurant and that was very fun because that was so fun. We haven't seen them in nine years Yeah, and it was just so cool to have this experience of being like the last time we all hung out was in Jacksonville, Florida, nine years ago. And we were just geographically in different places yeah. in different places in our lives. I mean, they made a whole human yeah. in that amount of time, like not, not even a tiny human, like a full person. Yeah. He's nine. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a person. He's a person. Yeah. Eight. I think. Eight. What, what year do you become a person after five? Eight feels like a person. Okay. Got it. I Again, mean, five's a person. Between three and 12, I don't know the difference. Like, I, you just line them up and I'd be like, they all I are know. the same to me. I know. Yeah. I don't really know what that is. Especially if you is. get like a tall one, you know? I'd be like, oh, yeah, true. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You're an adult? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was also it was nice. Really it was like the first time that we kind of like, quote unquote, hosted people from mm -hmm. out of town to be like, so it just feels good to be able to go, oh, let's go over to this little beach bar, bring you back to our place, like show you our place. And, and so, yeah, it was just fun to do that. Very fun. And then also, we, we met the uh, 80 plus year old neighbors. <laughs> 
who through multiple generations, they have owned a piece of land right on their little walking route uh, since the mid 1800s. And he built the house that they live in now in the 70s. And they have a cute little dog <gasps> whose name is Nikki that we have, we've seen. That's the word for dog. Yeah, we, not cow. No, it's cow. Cow. Uh, we've seen her sunbathing in a chair and just looks very adorable. And so we finally got to say hello, got some scratches. We're able to talk to he and his wife. They speak English. I think it's also because their grandson lives in the Northeast uh, of the U.S. Yeah. Uh, works for IBM, we heard. We got like the full thing. We got spiel. the full thing. But it was just very They're delightful. Cute. Yeah. They, we just had a great time chatting with them. And if you're curious about how married couples in their 80s interact across cultures, yes. it is the same. It's the same. Yeah. <laughs> Fernandez, Elena will tell us a story. Fernandez will repeat the story. Yes. And Elena will go, I just told them and that. And like hit him on the arm. You know, it's like the exact <laughs> same the thing. the best thing yeah. ever. And so, yeah, it just feels so good to have like local neighbors and, and kind of the more we get acclimated to the community here and just waving to people and saying hey to people and it's the yeah. best feeling. Yeah. Pretty soon we'll be showing up at the town hall meetings uh, <laughs> with no clue what anybody's saying unless they speak very slowly. Oh, you know it's only a matter of time before I'm I'm organizing some type of like, you know, Halloween door to door. And people are like, what? No, we don't do that here. <laughs> like in not at Halloween. I'm picturing this at like just a very wrong time of year. I just I just can picture myself getting on some sort of kick of like okay. organizing like a book club or something nice. and people being like, no, yeah. I don't want to do that. Like a neighborhood egg hunt. And people yeah. are like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why did you put these what eggs everywhere? <laughs> did you buy this from the grocery store? What are you doing, man? Uh, all right. So that's our Portugal update. If you ever any, have any questions or things you want us to talk about uh, as it relates to moving yeah, to Portugal, please. living in Portugal, feel free to send those over. Hello at Wandering Aimfully is our email We're address. We're just moving up you know, away from your home country in general. Hello, wonderingamplay.com. All right, let's talk about good enough. So we could have sworn we did an episode about this in the past. I think everyone who has a podcast that's more than 100 episodes thinks that at some point. We were like, certainly, and it's because we talk about this all the time, but we looked back and we can't find one that seems to be exactly this. If we did, just pretend that this is the first one you've heard. Um, But the reason I wanted to talk about this is because, again, this year, the podcast, we're kind of taking you behind the scenes on our business. And I thought, what is the main challenge that we were encountering this past week as we worked on things? And... Right now we're in a place with business where first of all, we're very just like motivated and feeling all the creative ideas um, as evidenced by behind the build, which you heard about the top of the episode. Yeah. But um, something that I am struggling with right now is I... This is different than what's shifting in you. Interesting. Different than what's shifting in me. Okay. I got to keep up. What's struggling, what I'm struggling with, um, what's struggling in me is I am trying to work on all these projects, namely the one that took up a lot of my time last week was the WAME dashboard. And so this is a custom dashboard that we created for our Wandering Infly Unlimited members when we launched it in 2018. We really, because we have so many courses, workshops, resources, I mean, endless amounts of things, yeah, all for different aspects of your business, coaching sessions, we wanted a place for to house all of that. And so we created this custom dashboard. You can search it, all these things. We created the best version of that that we knew how to in 2018, but now be that we have more things and also like we've just... Yeah, it's five years time. It's five years like, time. I think, I think even just like your website, like anybody who's had a website for five years, so you look back and you're like, it's ready. It needs an upgrade. Right. You so know? we're ready to update it. And so I've been working on the designs of, of refreshing that, but I'm having this internal struggle because it's not that I would even consider myself a perfectionist anymore. I think we've been in business long enough that we have, 
I don't expect anything to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Like it's not that I'm trying to make it perfect, but it's hard because I feel like I have such a high standard for myself and I go two ways with it. Like the one way is like, well, if I'm going to spend time on this, why not do it well? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But then the other like push and pull to that is also, yeah, but I don't have all the time in the world to accomplish this thing. And there are, we're just two people and we're trying to accomplish so much this year. So there has to be some give and take of when you decide this meets my standard, like this, this thing is complete enough. It's good enough that I can go ahead and get it out into the world. Yeah. And I think it really helps. Like this is one of those things where we have each other to bounce back and forth on when it comes to different like design iterations and things like where things are and ideas. And I think if you listen to this, maybe don't work with a partner and, and maybe you don't have anybody, it'd be great to try and find a business buddy somewhere. So that could be in like other like groups that you're in or Slack channels or whatever. You can see someone who might be posting similar things that you're working on. I would like reach out to them and try and build a relationship because I think that's what really helps us get to a good enough standard is you'll be working on something and you'll be in the trenches of it and you'll be like, I could work on this for like 20 more hours, but then you show it to me and I'm like, oh yeah, let's just do like these three things. And I think the rest of it, like you've nailed. Right. There's something about someone coming in from the outside. If you're in a place to receive that, yeah. it's, there's something about, it gives you a permission slip. Yeah. Because right? otherwise be you like, could, you could work on it forever. Right. That is the thing you could yeah. work anything you could work on forever. And so that's kind of what I wanted to explore in this episode though, is like, how do you find that line for yourself? So I think, like you said, I think having someone to bounce ideas off of is a great kind of thing to um like a tool to use i think also time constraints yeah you know we use those a lot is it i don't trust myself sometimes to know where that line is so i need the almost like the arbitrary time container to determine that line for me yeah you know what i mean well i was thinking back to like kind of even my own history with the idea of like good enough and like working like almost to perfectionism you could say and i think i didn't even write this down where this first got challenging me was i wear your shirt because yeah. every day I had a new company that I was making a YouTube video for. Right. And like I had to hit publish. Right. So it was like my own like good enough. It was just like I just had to get it done. And so yeah. that really showed me like over and over every single day like you're going to have to do another one. Of these. You're going to have to do another one of these. And I know that for a project like you might be redesigning your website or whatever. You're not going to like redesign your website again next month. No, but I do think like you said something that helps me focus on good enough is – like you said, the quantity of like, I have so many things, like right. I want to get on to the next thing. Exactly. And so it's like, and I, you know, so I'm like ready to, the, the sooner I can arrive at a place that feels good enough, the sooner I can move on to the next project and try to tackle that and try to get good enough. That actually reminded me, the episode that we did that was a, like a little similar to this was on perfectionism specifically. Mm -hmm. That was, I believe, episode 80. And one of the things we talked about in that episode was this idea of quantity mm -hmm. and how quantity is often what helps you because of what you just described, yeah. which is like the more kind of iterations that you go through, you realize no one thing defines the quality of your yeah. work. It's like if you're going to make 50 Instagram reels versus you're just going to make one and you don't have any plans to make any more, of course you're not going to, you're going to take you forever to make the one. Because mm -hmm. like, I'm only going to make one. It's like, no, but you commit to make 50, then the first one doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I got to make the second one. I got to make the third one. So uh, that was one part of what I just thought about. The other part that I uh, wanted to bring up was, and I know this isn't really relatable for a ton of people, but I just think it's interesting to share. In building a software product, which is Teachery, which is our second business, that really changed things in me from a different perspective, which is, oh, there's a limitation because I can't build this. So right. I have to rely on somebody else. And then they also have the limit limitations of like, they can only do something to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. So like a perfect example is like, 
you or I could design a feature in Tea Tree. Like, let's just say it is a payment page. And it's like how a payment page is laid out and like how it functions. We give that to a developer and we go, okay, implement this. And like, okay, that's great. But after checkout, you want to do this. We can't actually do that because the way the Stripe webhooks work and whatever. And you're like, I don't even know. Like, what are you even talking about? But it can't really be done mm -hmm. unless you want to invest like a month of effort into it. You're like, well, I have to move on. And so I think in working in teacher, and I actually believe you saw this in 2020 when you redesigned the entire application, is that you start to realize like, oh, well, you know what? Like the, I want this like perfect version that I've dreamed about. It doesn't really matter. No. Because the good enough version accomplishes the thing. And then someone's just going to move on. Like it's got to just be good enough to be good enough and yeah, then move on. Yeah, I think part of embracing good enough is about letting go of the better version. Yeah. You know, like surrendering to the fact that the, if, if, if you're choosing between good enough and like much better, yeah. <laughs> if much better in your head is, is not plausible, you have to actively try to let go of that. And it's so hard because you're absolutely right. I, when I was working on Tea Tree, that is something I was not used to at all. Yeah. And I remember looking at you and I was like, I know that like our drag and drop thing can be better and blah, blah. And I remember even working on those screens and you at one point were like, babe, I love you so much. We can't do, we can't, we actually can't make this right yeah. now because of this reason and this reason and words like webhooks and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean we can't do this? And I had to let go of the much better version because it just wasn't feasible. And that helped me help me embrace good enough. And I think also reframing it in your mind as like, it's not about settling. What, where was I just listening to this? I can't remember, but I was just listening to something where they were talking about the difference between settling on and settling for hmm. and how that's such a subtle difference, but like settling, like settling for is like, it gives this denotation of like, oh, well, I'm just, you know, I'm sort of succumbing to this. And like, it's something that was forced upon me, but settling on something, it, it puts the power back in your hands yeah, and it's like, you're choosing it. Exactly. Right? So if you know where I heard that, please, I would give full credit to the person, but I literally can't remember where I heard that. But I thought that's a distinction I've never heard of before. And I've never made of before. And it's, it's something that it reminded me of something we talk about with our waymers often, which is choose boldly. Yeah. And to me, and what we mean by that is, when you're stuck in indecisiveness to choose boldly means to just make a decision and don't look back and re recognize that it doesn't matter if it's the right or wrong decision that you're taking a step forward and you're taking action. And so it's the kind of this permission slip to just move forward. Right. But in that, in that sense, you're settling on, mm -hmm. you're settling on a decision. You're choosing something. You're not settling for something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting to kind of look back and, and see those opportunities to kind of battle some of the perfectionism thoughts that we go through in creating things. And again, for me, like even now as you're working on the dashboard and the articles designs and these things, I can tell that you're like in the details of it, which I love because it, it's creating such an, an amazing experience. But I'm also just like, yeah, that's great. Like, let's just move forward because I know that we still have a developer who has to build it. And mm -hmm. I don't even know if it can look exactly like that. But I also know that if you if you compare the version that you have right now that you could still spend 20 more hours on to what we already have in existence, it's 100 times better. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't need it to be 105 times better. 
I'll take the 100. Mm-hmm. I'll even take the 75. I'll take the 50 because it is better than what we have now. So I think that's also like a very interesting way to just look at something and, and perceive it if you're working on something that's like already in existence and you're trying to improve it. Yeah, and I, I definitely fall into this trap of thinking that when you do a big project like this, like for example, a redesign thinking that it's so permanent yeah, and it's really not like it's permanent in like, like Jason's saying the, if you can get it, if you can get it 80% of the way to where you want it, the other 20% can be tiny iterations that yeah. you can add to over time. Yeah. Um, and, and I think focusing on that and not trying to like get it too far into the weeds on that, that extra 20% is really helpful to remember. It's just kind of like in broad strokes is this much better than what we have, you know? Um, but it's funny as I was just thinking about that, I was thinking I was, cause you know, I'm always trying to like break things down into ways that I can explain them or try like trying to take very intangible things. Like how do you define good enough and breaking it down into something that feels much more concrete. And so this is something that we don't actively do, but I, I kind of ask myself like, how do you actually break down good enough. Right. Because for, for everybody, it's, yeah, for it's different because for it's different for everyone. Yeah. And so I thought like, how do you, and the, the phrase I thought of was, I know we've talked about fair play on this before, but there's a concept and I'm sure it exists somewhere else besides this, but Eve Rodsky who wrote the book fair play. It's about sort of like balancing the domestic work in your household. And there's this idea in her framework that is called minimum standard. And it's kind of like you agree on what the minimum standard is that you're both willing to, um, aim for, for that task. And I think of good enough as your minimum standard. Right. And, and I think a good exercise for each person is kind of breaking that idea down into parts and Mm -hmm. saying, okay, thinking about my values as a business, what actually would be my minimum standard for like a project that I want to get out the door. And so just as a fun exercise, I did this for myself and I don't know, you can agree, but these are the things that I came up with. First and foremost, so if I was to decide, okay, this version of this project is good enough, what would it have to be? And so the first thing would be like, does it work? Meaning, does it fulfill the promise that we made with the offer? So So like for our dashboard. For our dashboard, can you search for products and find them? Yeah. And especially because it's a redesign, it's like... Can you search for them easier? Easier. Can yeah. you find things easier? Is it is yeah. it easier to find More things than before? More intuitive to find. Yes. Yeah. And and so to me, that's like a value of integrity. Is like okay, if I promise that this thing does this, I have to make sure that the version that I get out the door does that thing. So right? does the version you have right now uh, check that box? Well, I'm I no. Okay. No. There you go. Doesn't. So it still needs more time. Yeah. There you go. And so does it feel, so my second one was, and this is, again, these are going to be your own values. So yours could be three totally different things. But number two for us, I think would be, does it feel as error free as possible? And I know that's a toughie because as possible is a little nebulous. But what I mean by that is we're conscientious people. And so we're just not people who yeah, you might find the occasional typo and something like that. Like, that's okay. That's, we're not aiming for perfection, but as much as we can allow it, can we remove the errors from this thing? Yeah. And I think even like, can we make sure there's not lorem ipsum hanging out places? Yeah. And I I think error free, I would also do is like, have I looked at all of the important details? Right. Which is, which is like, let's say you have an online course. It's like, okay, I'm just thinking through like the important details. How does someone log in? How do they log out? How do they update their email address? How do they move forward? How do they move back? How do they get to the home? Like what are all like just like the important things and like have I made all of those accessible to somebody? And so you can look at your project and go like, 
okay, cool. I did all of those. And so for us, like, I think it's really helpful because we're building a dashboard. Like, can I click this thing? And then can I go back? Can I click this thing? And then can I go? It's like, we need to make sure that the, just the navigation in itself like works because everything else is already functioning right now. So it's. Yeah. You know. And for us, that's like about being conscientious, being thoughtful and making things that don't feel like they are put together with tape and glue, yeah. but acknowledging that like, that's okay. Somebody else might have tremendous success in their business for the very reason that they don't overdo it on the conscientiousness and totally. they just try to get something out the door. And that's 100% okay. Like totally run these through your own value system of how you best work. But for us, like to me, it doesn't feel like a wandering aimfully thing if it doesn't feel conscientious. And then the third one was, does it have a tiny dose of personality? And that's, that's because value, one of our values is originality. And so, you know, even if it's kind of the bare bones thing that we're trying to get out the door, what's the last little sprinkle of personality we can put on there? Like throw some emojis in there, throw some cool copy in there, like do an image that, you know, maybe brings a little bit of personality to it. Also, um, when you just said cool copy, did you mean with cool a K? Copy. Like cool, cool copy. copy. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's my new copywriting cool copy studio. Dot net. studio. It's called cool. It's called the cozy corner cool copy. Dot net. Dot net. Uh, yeah. I, I think this is something that for anybody listening to this who is a Wandering Ainfley member, I hope you would see that in spades and everything that we do is that there's, it's like, oh, you're doing this thing, but. Oh, but it's also like there's one more layer of fun or interest to it that I haven't yeah, seen before. Yeah, and I before. think even if you're doing the smallest, best version of something, you can still – that just takes a little bit of thought. It doesn't yeah. necessarily take a little bit of time. It's like punching up the script. Yeah, that's right. You write the script, the script but like you just come up. back and just like punch it up. Like punch throw a couple up. jokes in there. Yeah, so those were my – I mean this episode is what made me think of that, but we can probably use that as a filter going forward. Yeah. Maybe maybe as you are listening to this right now, we're having a heck of a time on uh, Behind the oh, Build. yeah, yeah. But I'm going to save that for Behind the Build. Okay. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about is just this idea that and, – and really an acknowledgement that like you're going to have different standards for different projects. Right. You know? It's like it's very different – you're good enough for like your first published book is going to be very different than you're good enough for like a PDF that you're trying to add to an email capture. Exactly. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I think one of the things, especially for us, like as an example for this is right now we're working on the Wandering Aimfully dashboard for our members. There is an element of not permanence, but like once we hand the designs off to our developer, we can't go in and easily make changes it's not an easy thing to do. However, the next time we make a course, it is so unbelievably easy to make changes. Like every single part of an online course, we can change in our own with ease. So it's like our version of good enough for both of those is a sliding scale because the one for the dashboard is like, well, it's gotta be like kind of in the upper echelon of the good enough. Because well, that, we're not yeah, going to be able to redo exactly. it again. And that's why I said the 80%, right? Yeah. Like that felt right to me is like if I can hit that 80 mark, the anything that feels like it falls in the 20% that is less vital, those are like little things yeah. that we could maybe, you know, have our developer do down the road. But exactly, like you have to negotiate the fact of how easy is this going to be that update in the future. So that's something you have to think about. Yep. I think thinking, of, same with like a book, right? Thinking about... Um, you know, how much time in general do I have to work on this? Yeah. Because I think if you don't have a lot of time and you know you don't, then yeah, your good enough standard is not going to, you're going to lower it a little bit. Yeah. And it's also the like, is this my first time creating this thing? Is this a new thing or has this existed and I'm updating it? So it's it's like your, your standard for the something in existence, again, our dashboard is like, 
is this better than what already exists? Because if it's not, like, why are we doing it? Like, it needs to be better than it already is. Yeah, and I think with a lot of things that you're new at, there's an acceptance of the fact that you don't totally know what you're doing. You don't totally know what's going to work. So actually, the lower that standard, like, the more that you can be okay with something being good enough and it being a little bit lower than you're used to, the quicker you get something out the door and you can get real-time feedback so you can make it better. Yeah, and this is, like, I always give the advice to people who are, maybe stuck in a perfectionism mindset or, you know, procrastination because they're working on their first thing, but they're comparing it to maybe someone else's or even our stuff yep. is to be like, Hey, stop comparing like where we are or where this person is to your first thing. Go back and look at our first things. Yeah. You know? So even some of our waymers, I'm like, scroll all the way down in our resources and go watch one of the first recorded workshops. Go that to we the did. way back machine and look at our first website. <laughs> yeah. Like, great. You need to compare. And like, as long as you're doing better than that, then I think you should feel really good about the thing that you're creating. If you're not able to kind of like keep up with where people are in their 10 years into their business journey, of course you're not. Like you don't have that same experience and that same ability. Definitely. So I think that's a big a big difference in how you think about something is the perspective of where you are versus the people you're comparing yourself to. Definitely. For me, I don't know if there's one thing that you feel like got you over the hump of good enough and maybe it was just teachery, like just yeah. being in the trenches. But for me, someone who did come from this background that I I could definitely get in these traps of overthinking and trying to make the right decision, the most optimal decision that everyone would like, or that the most people would buy or that, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, what should I name this? Or what should I, how should I do my sales page or what like just, there's a million different decisions when it comes to online business. Right. And I think where I really had a turning point was when I realized that the best antidote to that type of kind of paralysis and that overthinking is real experimentation like in even though it's hard because you're like oh the second I put it out there it's real and someone can judge me for it or someone can think it's bad but I started to do that enough that I found that the data I got from something being real was so much so such a relief compared to the hemming and hawing in my head yeah because it just made me feel like well this is so much easier because now I can just actually see Oh, I did that with my course last time. I saw that worked. I saw that didn't work. I've seen good results with this. I've seen good results with this type of email newsletter and not this one. You know what I mean? Like the more real data you can accumulate, the more you can alleviate yourself from some of that overthinking and anxiety and fear. And once I got a taste of that, man, I was just like, this is so much better. Yeah. And so that is what has helped me get over that hump because now every time I work on something, I'm like, if I can just be okay with good enough, I can get it out into the world and it can get real feedback and it can be a real thing instead of me sitting here debating every decision, every design decision, decision in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if that's helps, but yeah, I think teachery was really the big turning point for me. Just an understanding like I, I can't make this any better than it is. Like I I did what I could and now this is where it lives. But I also think in running wandering aimfully as the person who like has managed the, the member side of things for a long time. It's like my goal truthfully is just to like, do as good of a job as I can do and let the the chips fall where they may. So like, I'm going to be as friendly as I can in emails. I'm going to be as helpful as I can in Slack support messages. I'm going to be as uh, silly and unboring in our coaching sessions as possible. And like, I can do no more than that. That, That's all. I mean, I could do a little bit more, but it would like push me beyond my like ability and time that I have. And I'm just okay with that. And, And if that makes the majority of people happy, which 
I think it does, and we've seen that over the years, then I know that I'm doing a good enough job. And yes, I could be doing more, but I don't need to because mm-hmm. I am doing a good enough job. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also something we, we've come back to in like, you know, world life conversations as well, where like you could always be doing more as a person. Absolutely. But like that'll drive you insane. Exactly. You could always be trying harder. You could always be doing more. You could always like, and there's opportunity in that. And like, if you can find a healthy balance of, of like finding that pursuit of excellence, if like, if you're that type of person and you can do that in a healthy way, like more power to you. But I think if you're someone that already has a gear towards like a pursuit of excellence. If you're someone who already has a gear towards conscientiousness, it already has a gear towards attention to detail. It's having the self-awareness to go, Oh, then maybe I'm someone who needs to focus on enough. True. Um, so it's just, you have to run it. through. And that's us. Like we're speaking for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and probably a lot of people who listen to this. You want to give one more shout out to behind the build before we wrap this sucker up? Cause as of today, this episode going up, yeah, We're one more shout out silly. again. If you are listening to this episode on February 16th, this is the last day to purchase Behind the Build Live for pay what you want, but $25 minimum. This is our live behind the scenes uh, experiment where you get to watch us redesign our homepage and build a new strategic lead magnet and try to do that all in one day. And by live, we mean you will get access to a private page where we're basically cataloging every single thing that we're doing. We're recording four videos throughout the day. It's not Zoom or anything like that. It's just literal videos that we'll because record Because honestly, and then I would get nothing done if I was like streaming live. Exactly. All day. But we'll be adding those four videos in. We'll be creating a checklist. We're literally going to start the day. I mean, we're, we've already done it because of the time this episode going up, it is February 16th. But we're going to start the day essentially with like no plan. So yeah. we're just going to show up and go, okay. What do you do when you have a project you want to get done in a day? And like, you're gonna how do you see, make it happen? You're going to see the blank page go from blank to bullet points to tasks to, oh, we thought we could get this done, but we can't get this done. You're going to see us decide what good enough looks like in real time. Yeah. So if you want to check that out, if it is still February 16th, uh, go to wanderingamefully.com slash behind. That's a fun <laughs> URL we made for you. Uh, and you can pay what you want, like Caroline said, at a $25 minimum. And if you hear this at the end of the 16th, as long as you still see that buy page is still up, up. You can buy, you'll get access. But once that buy page is down, then you know you have missed it and you can look out for our next one of these if we experimented and thought it went well and want to do it again. So you can keep an ear out for that. Either way, thanks for listening and for being here. We enjoy this so much. We hope you enjoy listening. And if you have any questions about life in Portugal, send yeah. them our way. Hello yeah. at wanderingaimfully.com. I think we'll probably see them next week. We'll see you next week. And by see you, we, we mean, mean hear you. Oh, do you know how to say it? Until next week? Uh, Ate Lago? I think it's Ate oh. Semana. What's Ate Lago? What did I just Ate Log is Ate like, log. see you later. Oh, great. Then I, I win. But I think it's like later this day. Ate Terza. That's see you next Tuesday. Ate Quinta. That's see you next Friday. Thursday. Thursday. Hey, Ate Quinta. That works. Ate Quinta. All right, everybody. That's it for your Portuguese lesson. God, and... we're going to go learn some stuff. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.